0: Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does.
1: AM fourteen twenty, WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa.
2: Good evening, welcome to Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, Matt Costa behind the board, science advisor Matt Moniz here, and a very special guest in the studio with us, Ms. Penny Dreadful. And uh, we are here tonight to talk about one of the all-time New England classics, uh, something that some of our listeners elsewhere in the country may not be familiar with, but you probably had a similar type of uh, program when, when you grew up. And that is the big return of Creature Double Feature next Saturday on Boston's WB56. We're going to talk to the man that's bringing it back, Ernie Bach Jr. Now, you may know him more for his car sales, his, uh, his commercials for his car dealerships, uh, some of the various radio spots that he does. Uh, he, he also does something called This Week in Music History every week where he brings music fans through some of the key points during that week. But uh, we're going to talk to him about Creature Double Feature because he is the driving force behind this, behind its return. Fans have been clamoring for years for it to come back. We will get into it with Ernie in just a little bit. And, of course, we want to hear your memories about Creature Double Feature because so many of us grew up watching it. I mean, come on, it was two movies on a Saturday afternoon that you know you wanted to watch. So, I mean, unless you're a normal kid and you went outside and played baseball or rode a bike. Uh, but we weren't the normal kids, no. we We were inside watching monster movies and we're the better for it, so... We want to hear from you, 996-0500, 508-291-0500. On our message board, com. you can get in touch with us that way. And so, uh, Penny, while we're waiting for Ernie to join us, why don't you tell us about some of the exciting things that you've been working on on uh, Shilling Shockers? Oh,
3: absolutely, uh, Tim. We're working on some wonderful things. We, uh, today we just shot a... What was that a- Problem there. Okay. Yeah, we have a little uh, bit of You know, a it's, my, uh, it's my it's uh, my ethereal presence causes equipment to malfunction. It's it's been known to happen. I, I apologise. You know, I I rode over here. I, I put my broom in for repairs, and uh, so I needed a replacement. I went up on Evil Bay, and uh, I bid on one of those uh, little vacuum cleaners, a Dirt Devil, and you know, with a name like that, I thought that'd be pretty cool. You know, so I, I hopped on that thing, and uh, it couldn't couldn't get me here. It was a problem that I accidentally turned the, the suction on. It was a big problem. I can't talk about it on the radio. It's very. Yeah. Nice. What happened, but
2: I, heard, I heard those suck.
3: Yes, they, they do very much. They do very much. But uh, I'll tell you, we're, we're on am shilling shockers, right? We filmed, a, you know, we taped a zombie dance party episode today. It was very oh, really? exciting. Yes, it was very exciting. And uh, and then we what we did was, uh, you know, we we all rocked out to uh, to the ghastly ones, a great uh, surf band. And uh, I got into an argument with one of the zombies. Unfortunately, he sort of uh, limped over to me, started arguing with me. But uh, luckily, I won the argument because he didn't have a leg to stand on.
2: And how does an argument with a zombie go, though? I mean, I thought all they could say is brains. Uh, well, you know, they, they, it was it was an argument uh, about his odor,
3: is what. Uh-huh. I found it rather offensive, and I said, "Look, you know, sometimes a deodorant works well, you know, even for the undead." But uh, we're working on uh, something really cool coming up for the third season. It's uh, a retrospective on. Uh, current and past horror film hosts in the New England area. Throughout Haunted New England, there have been many wonderful horror hosts, and uh, Ernie Bach Jr. is about to, to join the the wonderful ranks of the New England horror hosts, which is a, a wonderful thing, and we're very, uh, everyone is very excited about the return of Creature Double Feature, so we're, we're really psyched about that.
2: So from what you're hearing, uh, been, uh, other hosts have been pretty accepting of the idea of Ernie stepping into the shoes?
3: Oh, absolutely. There, there, there was some, some, uh, some excitement about that through the, uh, the horror host underground network that that creature double feature was returning so it's a it's a really wonderful thing uh many people have wonderful memories uh, of the show including uh, yours cruelly and uh i'm very very glad that this program's coming back
2: and of course we don't have to you know we don't have to kiss his butt because he's not on the air with us now but i i will take a minute to do so because he is a guy who and and matt casa and i have had the the pleasure of meeting him in the past uh we went to an event at one of his dealerships uh, last summer and then uh, also covering the New England Patriots, I've had the opportunity to uh, bump into him from time to time in the in the uh, Fidelity Clubhouse on his way up to his private mm-hmm. suite. And uh, he, he's a guy who is very passionate about whatever it is that he gets into. So you know that if he's going to be the guy behind the return of Creature Double Feature, he's going to do what he can to make it successful. Now, we have to be clear on one thing here. It's technically only a one-shot deal. Uh, according to Channel 56, it's only going to be next Saturday, June 24th. They're going to show two movies. They're going to show uh, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster mm. and then the giant Gila monster for the second film. Now, All your nice. your cable listings might not show the second film. I checked it out earlier on, on a Comcast uh, preview, and they only had the first movie listed, mm. not the second. But I'm sure that will be cleared up. Um, but this is technically only a one-shot deal, from what I understand, and it's going to take a really big fan response to make it a regular feature again. So we all want to write to the WB, uh, WB56.com. You want to email them, let them know that you want to come back, call them. They've said in the past that they don't get calls or emails about other programs nearly as much as they do the volume they get about Creature Double Feature, you know, 20 years since the last episode aired. And they still get that type of response, so let 's keep it going and let 's show them that this is something that can be on every week. Of course we don 't want it to step on the toes of the wonderful Schilling chakras program oh
3: no, no, not at all. You know uh, what 's better two horror shows or no horror shows right Absolutely. the more the more the more terrifying
2: well I mean, you can set yourself up for a pretty uh, pretty interesting Saturday because you can watch Creature Double Feature from twelve to four and then later on at night on on uh, channel 10 uh, i'm sorry at 10 o'clock you can put it on channel 95 yes and then you can watch chilling Shockers. yes
3: the horror never ends and it never will you know you can have a double dose of terror triple dose because it's two movies on creature double feature and then one dose on chilling shockers
2: and speaking of creature double feature i believe we have the man on the line himself right now ernie bach jr the driving force behind the return of creature double feature how are you doing
0: doing great
2: all right well you are on uh, this is Tim, and we have Matt and Matt both in the studio, as well as uh, Penny Dreadful, who is also a, a local horror host as well.
3: Cool. Hello, Ernie. Hello. I, I would like to thank you. I, I'm sure I'm not the first, but I'd like to thank you for bringing back The Creature Double Feature. It's such a wonderful, terrifying program.
0: Yes, I'm really excited about it. I, I was, uh, you know, very excited when I, you know, got to do it. There were no questions. I mentioned it. Their eyes lit up, and it was, you know, Go
2: well they they say that it's the the program that they get the most calls and emails about even today twenty years after it went off the air it's still very popular with the fan base uh, what was it that made you want to bring it back to the air
0: well I just you know I love those uh, you know Japanese monster movies and that stuff from the 50s the Ray Kellogg stuff the stuff from Toho studios I think it's I think it's just amazing and you know when I when I I didn't, It didn't take much to convince them to bring it back, and I told them there was, one, you know, there was just one thing. I want to host it. And then they said, whoa, uh, okay. And I, I think you're going to enjoy it. I, I think it came out great.
2: Well, from the promos that we've seen online, and you can check out our website, SpookySouthCoast.com. We have a link to it there. Uh, from what we've seen, it looks like you're incorporating a lot of the original elements that people remember from its first run.
0: Well, the original music and the, you know, the cheesiness, it's its its all there.
2: And did you run into any kind of, uh, any correspondence from any of these groups that, you know, wanted to save Creature Double Feature? Did you hear from them? You know, you have to make it just like it used to be. You can't change anything. Did you get any kind of that response? Yeah, I got,
0: I got some, uh, it's funny because, um, you know, before I really announced that I was doing it, I did get a few emails and. And they were just too happy that it, uh, that it would happen. I'll, you know, a lot of people, I'm 48, so, you know, I remember it, but I don't remember it vividly. You know, it's, it's you know, kind of this thing in the back of my mind that I just, you know, really like. But, you know, could I remember exactly what the host looked like or anything like that? No, I can't. And all it, there's absolutely nothing left. No film, nothing.
2: So we're we're really just relying, uh, in terms of our sense of history for it, on what fans have been able to capture over the years and to store and put up on the internet, right? For, for any kind of and, and our own memories as well. Which it's interesting that you say that you know your memories of it are are kind of hazy because most people, when you talk about it, they don't start you know rattling off scenes from any of the movies or or any of the lines that the host might have said introducing the films. What they remember is just the the bits and pieces and the glimpses and the flashes.
0: Yeah, and also, you know, the time, it was, you know, when when we were kids, see, see, my father really loved those, uh, you know, those Japanese monster movies, and he he's the one that got us into doing it.
2: And of, and, of course, your father was probably one of the greatest showmen New England has seen, even just selling cars. I mean, this was a guy who really took that to another level and, and made himself a brand and your family a brand. And so now it's like when you come into Creature Double Feature, you're bringing that sense of quality as well
0: i guess I, <laughs> you know i have I hope I've, so. I've seen the whole thing they sent me a they sent me a cd of it so i've seen I, i've seen ev- everything and and i, I i'm kind of proud of it i think it's going to be uh i think it's going to be great and I, I have a new sidekick really yeah a new sidekick I and his name is stump <laughs>
2: and he, and, i like
0: it and he's just a head <laughs>
2: Uh, how'd you pull that off? Is this uh technical wizardry or just uh oh, some black t- curtains or No,
0: no, there's definitely some really nice cheesy effects, some really good cheesy effects. But uh no, he's my he's my sidekick. He's he's uh in the, he lives in a box because he's just ahead and uh he's actually a great guy.
2: <laughs> sounds uh sounds excellent. Now, do you film this uh, at Channel Fifty Six, or do you have your own studio where it's produced? Or? No, we did
0: it at Fifty Six. We did it in one day, twelve hours.
2: And then, about how much on-screen time do you actually have out of that twelve-hour shoot? Uh,
0: well, there'll be the, it'll be about it'll be about fifteen minutes, fifteen to yeah, fifteen eighteen minutes, because I'll every time it comes back from a commercial, there'll be about a, a minute vignette.
2: And did you try to pattern your performance off any other hosts that you've seen?
0: No, absolutely not.
2: And it was just more to make your own mark, or just you couldn't recollect some of these performances?
0: could not recollect any of the performances, but I had it in my mind what I wanted to do. And I'm not an actor. You know, it's, you know let's not kid ourselves here. I'm, you know, I, I did it because I just thought it would be really fun, and they said yes. So what the hell?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean part of that too is is you know, it's something unique that they haven't been able to offer in a long time ever since you know the whole networking of these UHF stations and as they've popped up all these little UHF into the WBs, the UPNs. I think That's you caught right. them you caught them at just the right time cuz they're in a transition period going from being the WB to merging with UPN to becoming the, uh, it escapes my mind right now, the name of the CW, CW. Ne- CW network. So you might have caught them right at the right time where they think that they need to, uh, put a little more local focus on.
0: Well, yes and no. Um, the, the station in Boston that's going to go independent is UPN. That's the station that's going to go, that's going to go away. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, The uh, 56, I think 56 is going to carry the CW. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, they're going to be the CW affiliate. But what I'm saying is maybe they feel the need to retain some of that local identity so that they don't suffer any backlash. uh,
0: Well, yeah, yeah, I guess I would agree. But I think I think television needs local uh, programming. There's there's very, I mean, back in this, you know, it kind of died in the, I don't know, I guess uh, right right around 1980 or stuff. There's, There's almost no local programming. So I think it's a great idea to have this.
2: And uh, the two movies that you're going to show next week are Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster yes. and The Giant Gila Monster?
0: Exactly.
2: And how did you come about choosing those two? I mean, is it a limited library that they have left? or?
0: Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I think the whole, the whole reason why this, the, you know, the creature feature even existed is because they're very, very inexpensive to license to air. And you know, they. Uh, I think back in the day, you know, they wanted to air these things, and they just wanted to, you know, spruce them up a little. But uh, I let them pick the movies. They, they, they said, "Listen, this is what we want to play." And I said, "These are great."
2: And it, I'm looking at a list here that we got from a website, uh, that great creature double feature website, Geocities dot com slash Dzilla nineteen sixty four. And uh, he has a list of every movie that they ever played on Creature Double Feature from September 6, 1975 to January 15, 1983. And wow. Just lo- it's, it's really amazing. And just looking down it real quick, I see Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. They aired that nine times yeah. uh, during that uh, seven or eight year run for Creature Double Feature. So it was a very popular movie amongst the fans.
0: Well, yeah, it was great. It was, um, it was uh, you know, one of the only movies that Godzilla was the good guy.
2: It is interesting, too, that a lot of these films, as they created these creatures uh, that they had, you know, attacking Japan or attacking, you know, Earth, that uh, as the franchise progressed, they'd have to freshen it up by bringing in villain monsters and, and turning them into the good guys.
0: Right, yeah, which is really funny.
2: And so now... Do they still have a lot of these films in their library, or did they have to, you know, reach out to get this somewhere else?
0: They had to grab them. They they had to grab them. But, but, you know, from what I understand, these are the easiest movies to get a hold of and the least expensive to run.
2: Because uh, Penny Dreadful's program, they run uh, public domain films. Yes, yes. And a lot of these, uh, the Toho films and some of these other films, are actually in the public domain now. So cool. there is the possibility that th- they could keep this going for a long time on the cheap.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. I'll tell you, it was the toughest thing I've ever done in front of the camera. So, you know, I must have lost five pounds easily.
2: <laughs> well, you had to put on ten pounds with all that makeup it looks like you're wearing. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was about an hour and a half of makeup.
2: And that's probably way more than you've ever done for any other appearance.
0: That's true. That's true, yes.
2: And so now this is technically, according to uh, WB-56, this is a one-shot deal, but with the possibility of maybe bringing it back full-time?
0: Well, um, yes, yes. Let's, yeah, let, yeah. Let's, let's put it like that. They, um, they were very excited about putting it on. If, it's, if people like it, you know, they'll want to do it again. Yeah, I don't know if they'll want to do it with me. But, you know, hopefully they will.
2: And in terms of your uh, participation in it on a financial aspect, I mean, are you uh, – is this time that you've purchased on the air or is this no, their time? No,
0: absolutely not. It's got, you know, but what I did to show my support, I did buy a few uh, commercials, you know, in the four hours just, just to show my support. But, no, I didn't – I did – actually, I did it for free for them and, uh, you know, I didn't – it's they just, you know, let me do it.
2: <laughs> well, because you know, this is going to open up a, a whole new, uh, a whole new side career for you because now you're going to have to go to uh, horror festivals and. Nah, no, I don't
0: think so. <laughs> I mean, I just hope people, uh, you know, appreciate it. I think I, I think I got a unique spin on it that uh, you know, Stump did a spectacular job, and uh, it's kind of a labor of love with Fifty Six because everybody you see on the air except for me works there. Like all the like uh, during the promos. That's all like the sales guys, you know, in front of a green screen. I mean, they just had a ball doing it.
2: Well, it's because there seems to be that strong sense of tradition there with this program. I mean, I can't remember this type of love for a local program. I mean, maybe like the Bozo shows as they put Bozo the Clown in each individual market. But, I mean, this is New England's identity.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's cool. At 56, the same guys are there when Creature Feature was on. Really, yeah, which is you know the guy Steve, the creative guy, was there when uh he did he did the original creature feature and the, and the guy filming it and the and the guy doing the lights they did the original creature feature it was like an honor
2: so yeah, to me, for, so for everybody that's worried about how close to the original this is going to be, you can't really get any closer you
0: can't you really can't get any closer, and I'll tell you, labor of love is a great great term because it really you know they're so into it and and you know i mean i i was really into it now i'm like getting more excited as the promos go
2: they really are spectacular i mean to they've incorporated so much of the the past history of it and and putting that new edge on it do, do you think that a lot of the i know you said that it's very um, very cheesy effects but <laughs> Do, do they find that with their new technology, it's easier to produce the program than it used to be?
0: Oh, my God, yeah. And when I say cheesy effects, you know...
2: Intentionally cheesy.
0: Oh, of course. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, you can do, like, amazing things, you know. And if you, if you watch it, there's not, many, there's not many edits. Like, you know, the, these minute, minute and a half or 45-second vignettes, we started and stopped. Very little edits.
2: And that's a, actually that's a mark of a very good actor to be able to do that too.
0: <laughs> well, you, you might
2: be underestimating yourself. A bit.
0: No, no, no. If you see, if you see how I play it, it it gives me a a a, 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 a how can I describe it? It, it gives me a really uh, easy way of bringing the lines out.
2: <laughs> they, they would do like cutaways so you can read the script real quick under the table, like that type of stuff.
0: No, there's no, there was no uh, none of that at all. But there there was. Uh, like I have a girlfriend,
2: you know uh,
0: also she's uh, she's not going I don't think she'll be a major character, but she's an old girlfriend. and and I have to talk to her directly, and you can kind of see me looking in the monitor on that on that one because I had to like move and not go into the camera and stuff. so you know there, there was definitely a monitor.
2: and, and in your uh, very uh, diverse interest in the past, I mean, I know you're a musician.
0: Yeah, yeah, I play. I have I have a band called Ernie and the Automatics.
2: And so, uh, did you do any music for the for the show?
0: No, it's the original music.
2: But you didn't do any like you know background music for during no. these segments.
0: Nope, nope, no. It's uh, I think it's just licensed music. As a matter of fact, speaking of that, I have a gig at the uh, at the um, uh, Cape Cod uh, Hyannis. Uh, what's that venue in Hyannis?
2: The, the
0: melody tent yeah the melody tent august 2nd i'm playing there with my band earning the automatics and johnny a is playing and los lobos is closing the show wow it's for a benefit for the real blues fest which brings monies to uh blues musicians for health care
2: and so and this whole event that's taking place there um you can purchase tickets for that through the Melody Tent's website, uh, MelodyTent.org. Right. I, I know that because I work with them in my other gig as a newspaper writer. So.
0: Oh, it's great. And, and I have uh, in my band two-fifths of the original band of Boston is in my band, okay. Barry Gaudreau and Sib Hashem.
2: I've seen uh, uh, photos of you online, Jim, with those guys before. I mean, you guys go back a long time?
0: A uh, couple of years, you know, and then we just picked up Tim Landers, the bass player who's a spectacular, Spectacular, spectacular bass player. He played with Peter Wolf.
2: So we're, it's really a sense of you know New England music history as well.
0: Yeah, it's cool. We play like a, you know like a, a blend of uh, like jazz and rock. It's all instrumental.
2: And uh, in your incantations of other things you've done, do you feel like some of that stuff being on stage has really helped prepare you for the horror hosting? Or
0: yeah, I'll tell you when I, I, I when when they said that I could do it. I almost immediately got the uh, voice, the mannerisms, everything, and you know I practiced it in the mirror for maybe ten minutes, and I and I feel I, feel I nailed it. I, you never know you know you never you know people might look at it and hate it, you know, but, but I hope everybody everybody likes it because we really we really tried to make it good. well, bad, we tried to make it really bad.
2: Well, we call that in the paranormal business, we call that channeling. Yes, Some, yes, absolutely. Something taking over, so uh, well, I,
0: brought, I brought the I brought the disc home, and my kids. My, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and they have, you know, they've watched it at least twenty times. So, if that's any indication, kids love it.
2: And is there uh, the possibility that maybe for those who are fans of Creature Double Feature but no longer live in the Boston area, has there been consideration about trying to license this as a DVD?
0: I don't know. I don't really know. I, I, I'm gonna. I'll tell you. I'm gonna get. A couple made just for my own personal library you know i don't know if that's i mean that would be like the easiest thing in the world to do if people really wanted it i guess we could do it
2: well i can tell you the i've been on a, a creature double feature message board all week long talking with some of the fans there and there is a lot of clamoring and even if you guys don't market a dvd of it there's going to be illegal copies of it that show up on the internet so you might want to put your stamp on it
0: wow i did read a couple of those i was on the internet and you know, I got bashed a few times on those. You know, saying that, uh, you know, what the hell's he doing, and why is he doing it, and I don't know. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm not. I'm probably not the biggest fan in the world, but I'm definitely a fan of Creature Double Feature, and, and, and you know, and I I'm honored that they gave me it, and I'll try not to. Uh, I'll try to make it as as good as as good as I can.
2: Well, I think it's a little bit unfair some of the bashing that has gone on because you are judging somebody. Uh, you know, based on something you haven't even seen yet i mean you're you're a car salesman ernie i mean by nature you know car salesmen are showmen you're you you have to be able to sell the product whether it's a car that you're showing to somebody or whether it's hosting a horror show
0: right i mean i'm not crying that i'm being bashed i'm I, I'm, I'm bashing almost everything i do i'm just you know this is a little a little personal to me because i really really loved creature double feature
2: and so I, I i hope that people will be pleasantly surprised uh, because, you know, this, as, as Penny said earlier, we were talking about, you know, having more than one horror show and just having any horror show is better than having nothing at all. Having these movies back on television when for years the rights have been tied up in different cable networks or or different, you know, uh, media distributors to have them sit around and just go to waste and not be put out there. You know, here's your opportunity to sit down on Saturday, watch a couple of movies, relive some old times, have some nostalgia. I mean, what could be bad about that?
0: Nothing. And and get it. You know, uh, talking to that, they, from what I understand and what they're telling me, these are, you know, every second of footage is on, and it's edited very respectfully. It's not going to like in the middle of a sentence go into a commercial. It's uh, you know, it's it's they really. There's not a second of the original off.
2: One of the questions that has come up uh, from diehards, and I mean you have to be really diehard to be able to tell the difference here, but people want to know if these are newer digital transfers of the films that they're running, or if they are like the original, you know, film in the can versions that they used to have kicking around the station.
0: No, I think they're uh, I think they're digital.
2: Which you know, for I don't understand why anybody would not want to see a digitally restored version of those films because. The 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 clearer the picture and the clearer the sound, the more cheesier it is. The more you can see exactly how it is that they put these together.
0: Absolutely. I mean, one's in color and one's in black and white.
2: And did did you did the station have any qualms about showing a black and white movie in the middle of the day?
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely
2: not. Because you don't see enough of that anymore. There's because everybody has these high definition televisions and the home theater systems. They they shy away from some of the lower grade film. Oh, and, I agree. And this is something that if uh, if they're going to run these on a more frequent basis, that's something that's going to have to be part of the part of the package.
0: Right now, I'm, I'm not. I know that they. I don't think they're. Do they have an? Do they have an HD signal?
2: Uh, yeah, they do. Because uh, I know they're primetime broadcasting. HD. Right.
0: So come on, this is going to look spectacular. Black and white and HD. What could be better?
2: Well, I mean, it's automatically going to be better than when we were all younger watching it on a 13-inch black and white.
0: That's right, that's exactly, with all the static.
2: Yeah, with the static because we were pulling it in off rabbit ears and we had the one mono speaker on the side of the television. That's right. So I guess uh, I guess I shouldn't tell people what I have in my home theater, but that's it. <laughs> so now, honey, we have a reason to go out and buy high definition now because we can watch Creature Double Feature. That's right. And so what, is, what are you expecting to hear from people? I mean, do you want people to contact you and let you oh, know what I'm they di- think? Let me tell you, I'm dying feedback.
0: I really, really want feedback. And they can uh, they can get me at uh Ernie Jr. at Bok.com which is you know Ernie Jr. at Bok E R N I E J R at Bok If they wanna email me and tell me I did a crappy job or a good job.
2: Well I hope you hear more of the, the good job than the crappy job.
0: I'm having actually I'm having a uh, a uh, premiere party at my hangar in Norwood. And is that is that
2: a private event or is
0: that yeah it's a it's a private event um, but you know hey you know if you if you want to come it, it, it'd be great yeah. I don't know how, do you ever get to know it much
2: uh, no not really I mean uh, I, I have a brother in law actually that works for you so the, oh, on, no. the only time I'm ever ever going up that way is uh, when it has something to do with him so
0: well you're definitely invited and I, I'm sorry uh, the woman you with well, um.
2: Penny dreadful. Oh yes, Penny.
0: I, I do you live in do you live in anywhere near Norwood?
3: I I live in uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts. Well,
0: if you want to trek up if you want to trek up Sunday Saturday uh, afternoon to Norwood, Massachusetts, you're more than welcome to come to Thank my you. hangar and, and watch the premiere.
3: Thank you very much, Ernie. I appreciate
2: it. Okay. Thank you. Well, we we definitely appreciate that invite. But is there, is there any uh, plans to bring the the ghoul character public?
0: I don't know. I don't, yeah, you know, I, if, if people like it, I will do whatever it takes because I'm, you know, I'm a fan and I, I think it's, uh, I think it's great. I can, uh, I could do that guy anywhere. It'd be great.
2: Well, we'll definitely have to uh, have you back in the future.
3: Just right. from the the little I saw on the on the the commercial there, it looked. Wonderful! I love this. You'll scream your head off and then tearing the head in half with the lizard face behind it. That was awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that was that was something that they, you know, it, it kind of bonded their uh, tech department to do it.
2: Now, was that stock footage of that lizard, or is that an actual lizard that was in the studio with you?
0: No, that's uh, that's not stock footage. That's a that's a lizard that it's someone at the station's pet. It's about uh, four inches four inches long. And they, they just put it in front of a green screen and stuck it on the, the gas tanks and uh, the Zaykum Bridge, and, and it's it's cool.
2: I was going to say, it totally destroyed the Zaykum Bridge. But that's right. I don't know if you got a chance to see the photo that our producer, Matt Costa, put together. He uh, he photoshopped a picture of you over Godzilla just destroying Bach new to you.
0: I saw that, yes. Thank <laughs> you very much.
2: <laughs> so uh, just you don't want to use that in any of your circulars, though, because then people won't go to the store anymore. So. Right,
0: right. That's right.
2: And uh, are you going to incorporate any promotion for this uh, in in your dealership?
0: Yeah, well, I have a, I have some posters up, um, you know, and some handouts just in case anybody's interested. I told the guys I said, listen, some people love creature double features, some people don't care at all about it, they, and you'll know immediately when you start talking about it. So if they if they really want to know about it, I give them the whole story, and I get some. Uh... It's funny I have the only photos of the shoot. The, the station, I, I have an in-house photographer, so I brought her the whole entire day. The station filmed, you know, uh, the things and uh, did something for the news, but the only actual photos of the shoot I possess.
2: So, and, and you're going to display them down there?
0: Yeah, I have them. I'll, uh, you know, if you want to um, uh, call me Monday... And I'll email you some, and you can stick them up on your website, and you'd have like the only photos available.
2: Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, we'll have to make a little little area just dedicated to Creature Double Features return. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I get to, and it, the photos are really good.
2: It seems like it's been kind of uh, quiet uh, on the publicity front, though. I mean, I know Fifty Six has been running these promos, and there were little blurbs in the uh, Globe and the Herald. Is there any plans that you know of for a full feature that's going to appear prior to the show?
0: well uh, there'll be uh, there'll be a couple full page ads in the Herald that i'm going to run announcing this for uh, for Saturday
2: maybe we can uh, put something together during the week if you have some time uh, at least we can run it here in our local new Bedford paper
0: oh that'd be great That's that'd the, be great yeah the,
2: the benefit of working for for both ends I think the
0: kids are going to like it too. I mean when everything's said and done if this thing is is a uh, is a uh, is popular. I think the kids are going to, you know, I don't know how old I was when I was watching it, but you know, I was I was younger, and I think the kids are really going to dig it.
2: It's always been very kid friendly because, you know, these films are generally marketed to the to the mass audience. They're not rated R.
0: It's bloodless. Every everybody's getting killed left and right, and nobody's bleeding.
2: You get stomped on by a giant rubber foot. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what a way to go. Yeah. And it's uh, we'll so. And it always just lent itself to a, to a real family atmosphere anyway. I mean, that's my memories of Saturday mornings growing up where sitting down with my dad, you'd watch wrestling at 11 o'clock and then at 12 o'clock it'd be Creature Double Feature for a couple of Absolutely. Times. And so, uh, you know, sometimes you know you couldn't tell the difference between wrestling and Creature Double Feature with some of the characters they were bringing out. But...
0: That's right. And little do we know, uh, McMahon was running the whole show then.
2: Well, <laughs> if only we knew exactly how it was being run then. Right. So is that what's next for you? Now you're going to start bringing back some Saturday morning wrestling as well?
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't no. want to get in the ring? No, I don't want to get in the ring. I do have one other thing. I don't know if you're a fan of Rescue Me, do you know. You know Rescue Me, oh, Dennis, Dennis Leary's show. Yes. Well, I, I filmed uh, I'm going to be on the 7th. I think it's the 7th episode. I play Captain Bernard
2: from a different firehouse.
0: From yeah, from uh, yeah, from a different actually a cop. I play a cop, ah. and I I get an award at a, at a big banquet, and during my acceptance speech, Dennis Leary and Marissa Tomei are making out in front of me.
2: <laughs> That's not a bad little spot to film. Right. Uh, so how we, hard was it to remember to deliver your lines during that though?
0: Oh yeah, well, you know, it's a funny story if you want me to tell you. The, you know, sure. again, I'm not an actor. You know what I mean? I am not an actor, but I'm, but you know, I'm friends with uh, Dennis Leary and Lenny Clark. You know, I'm I'm very good friends with Lenny Clark. I, I, you know, I consider myself an acquaintance of Dennis because he's not too far from the character on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, a little volatile. He could explode at any second. Uh, you know, I'm actually a little afraid of him, to tell you the truth.
2: I had an opportunity to interview him once, and it was uh, a very short, succinct interview. Let me say.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a great great guy don't misinterpret what i'm saying i just you know i don't know him that well so you know i got to the uh, i got to the um set and they put me in you know full full dress uh, cop outfit with awards and everything you know dress blues i think they call them and i was talking to the director and i was saying you know well where are my lines i think it did send me the lines you know, a week before or something. The guy, the director says, "Ah, oh, the writer, he's taking care of it. Don't worry, he's right over there." So I walked over and I said, "Where's my lines?" He said, "He said, don't worry, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, f- finishing him up." And about an hour later, he hands me a piece of paper and it's got one line on it. After that, it says, "Blah blah 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 blah." <laughs> and <laughs> I said, and I ran over. Uh, you know, he, he walked away. I ran over and I said, "Whoa whoa whoa whoa! What's this? What's this?" He says. Just say that line, and then anything else you, you think of, we'll do it, and then we'll cut away. Don't worry about it. It'll be great.
2: Just say rutabaga, rutabaga over and over again, right?
0: <laughs> right. So, so I said, all right, I guess. And, the, and the, so we did, we did the scene. We did uh, two, two takes of the scene. I get up and basically made something up, you know, after the after my one line that they gave me. And then then the, the, third, the third time, the, the director, walked up to the guy that was introducing me, because, again, I get an award, and he gave that guy my line. <laughs> so, so, like, I'm sitting at the table, and there's a podium, and he ge- I hear him because I'm listening, and then he says, you know, so, so then he, so I think, okay, he gi- he's given that guy my line. He'll, he'll just walk over to me and tell me what I'm supposed to do. But he gave the guy my line, looked at me, smiled, Walked away, back behind the camera, and said, "Okay, ready, go." So I'm sitting there for the take, literally have no lines. You know, they gave the one line that I had. They gave to this other guy. So what you <laughs> what you see, I totally made up.
2: Well, that's that's again, that's the sign of a good actor being able to add. See, not, <laughs> you know, you got to give yourself more credit.
0: I don't know, but that show is, you know, as long as they they said they they. Lenny said it's not like uh, the West Wing where, you know, if you take a, a dot out, they'll reshoot the whole thing. He says if you get it even close to what they're even thinking about, they love it.
2: It, it The show is phenomenal. I mean, ever since it debuted, uh, I have a father-in-law who was a fire chief in the city of Boston. And, right. And he's had some initial qualms with it about its uh, portrayal of firefighters. But ever since the first episode, you've heard just great things about it because it – blends comedy and drama so well
0: yeah and yeah and they you know they have cool effects have you seen the promo where uh where dennis is on fire completely on fire and is just walking around doing normal things
2: they, they just they've the production value of it is astounding i mean fx is overall very good about their programming and and uh, of course lenny looks great too i saw him at a celtics game uh, prior to the season prior to rescue me coming back on and he just looks phenomenal
0: he lost 90 pounds
2: and they found an easy way to work that into the script as well. So
0: that's right. Yep, he's in. He's in prison now. You know, losing weight.
2: So uh, is this going to be a, a recurring character? You think? No, Do you think I don't they'll think bring so. him back? No, no, no. Well, because no. LB, LB, worked his way into becoming a recurring character. So
0: yeah, yeah. Well, LB's great. You know, all those guys are great. So
2: all right. Well, and that's going to be the seventh episode. So I believe uh, what's it—the third or fourth episode? They just is the did
0: the third. Week? They just did the third. So it would be it would be like. Uh, Uh, four Tuesdays from now, something like that. But you never know, you know, you never know.
2: So Creature Double Feature on the 24th, and then a couple weeks after that, Rescue Me, and then, uh, of course, all the time on television commercials, radio commercials, radio spots.
0: Just trying to make a living, you know.
2: Hey, you got to do it. That's right. And we enjoy it. We enjoy your work, and we thank you for bringing back Creature Double Feature.
0: Well, thank you, and, you know, hopefully I won't disappoint
2: I'm sure you won't, but uh, if you do, you'll be hearing from us.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, remember, it's uh, ErnieJR at com for feedback.
2: And we'll put a link up on our site as well, too. So
0: Thank you very much.
2: All right, thank you, Ernie, and uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Take care. Okay, And uh, that was Ernie Bach, Jr., who is bringing back the Creature Double Feature to your television Saturday, June 24th, with two films, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster and, Go- and the Giant Gila Monster, as I said earlier, they may not both appear on your television listings, but keep tuned because uh, we're, we're going to call up WB56, let them know. They can contact Comcast. We'll get it all straightened out because the last thing we want is for people that are working or are going to be out that day not to be able to DVR or TiVo these shows and to be able to see two classic – uh, do we really call them horror, though? These creature films, right. do we call them horror? I call them uh, mon- giant, giant
3: monster movies. You that's, know. that's the
2: perfect term for <laughs> them because, I mean, how could you watch these movies and be scared? Right. You can't. So the only thing you can be scared about is, uh, you know, maybe if you were Japanese at the time, you were worried about the future of your country right. considering the fact that it was under constant attack from giant yes. radiated monsters. Or if
3: you're the smog monster and Godzilla's coming at you, I'd be pretty
2: scared. Yeah. I e- either way. So in a few, we're going to take a quick break right now. And on the other side, Uh, you know, we're gonna open up the rest of the show to your creature double feature memories. We wanna hear about, you know, when you were a little kid. Uh, maybe even some of you were older and maybe you were a teenager. Maybe you had, uh, parties around these movies. Maybe you're gonna have a party around these movies on June 24th. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. And of course, we're always wide open for any thoughts or questions or stories on the paranormal you'd like to share. The numbers are 508 996 0500, 508 291 0500. And of course, online spookysouthcoast.com. Just click on the message board tab at the top of the site, and go into the live chat room. And the silent assassin Matt uh, Matt Costa is over there to take your thoughts and questions on the board. And science advisor Matt Moniz is here to answer any other questions you might have, especially about that little piece of film we've put up from Waverly Hills. We'll get into that a little bit later on here on Spooky South Coast.
1: Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you, right after this. Hello, and welcome to the Creature Double Feature. This afternoon, find out who will be the victor when vicious monsters engage in a fierce and bloody battle in Godzilla's Revenge. Then at 2.30, a world-famous diamond detective encounters a gigantic gemini. In the
0: Space Monster, <laughs>
2: That should sound familiar to anybody who remembers Creature Double Feature, which hopefully we all do. The younger generation, man, they don't know what they miss. I mean, what what do they have on Saturday afternoons? Some of this uh, syndicated, uh, you know, made-for-syndication television programming, infomercials. What other movie? I don't know, Matt. I've been working Saturday mornings for uh, probably since Creature Double Feature went off the air. What kind of stuff is on television on Saturday afternoons anymore?
4: I know they brought Ninja Turtles back.
2: That's true. Well, that's a little bit earlier, though. I mean, you can still get your Ninja Turtles on, and be able to watch Creature Double Feature afterward. Do
4: they still have pinball, uh, bowling, candlepin uh, bowling?
2: Candlepin bowling. You know, for a long time, it was off the air. I mean, let's stretch the discussion a little bit here, just to be about New England television in general, because for a long time, candlepin bowling was off the air. Uh, I want to say 10 or 12 years. And just recently, it was brought back by Channel 56, of course. Uh, their sports director decided that uh, it was something that needed to be back on the airwaves, so Channel 56 brought it back. And in addition, the Comcast channel, Channel 3, runs a New England candle pin uh, type program. Uh, a while back, we interviewed, um, I interviewed uh, for the Standard Times, uh, Don Gillis, the sportscaster, who got his start here at WBSM. And he was involved with Candlepin Bowling for a long time. And, and he told me, you know, that's one thing that New England really misses. That's part of its television identity. And even when he said that to me, you know, two or three years ago, the first thing I thought of was Creature Double Feature mm. as being part of that television identity. I mean, there were other type programs that were on in other cities around the country. I mean, for those of, those of you listening to Spooky South Coast via the podcast, you know, you might not be familiar with exactly what Creature Double Feature was here to the Boston area. But there were similar programs in, in other cities. What are some of the ones that, that you've encountered uh, in your historical diggings? I'll,
3: I'll let my representative Danielle field uh, field these questions here. Hi, guys. Um,
2: the hats uh, change so quickly.
3: I know we all, you know, Penny keeps me in her hat to answer questions like this. You know, uh, there were there were. Uh, lots of programs around the country uh that were very similar to creature double feature uh you know there was the uh, very similarly named you know creature feature creature double feature in other places uh shock theater i mean and uh, a lot of them had the horror hosts uh some of them didn't creature double feature uh started out with a host uh cecil was the host and creature double feature in the early 70s, and uh, I think Channel Five had the other show uh, at night, which was uh, Simon Simon Sanctorum, uh, and actually for Shilling Shockers, we're looking for any footage or audio of Simon Sanctorum or Cecil. If you have any, drop us a line at uh, over at ShillingShockers.com. But there were uh, lots of uh, lots of programs uh, all over the country like that.
2: Even if you can remember Simon or Cecil, and you want to call in 508-996-0500. Five hundred eight two nine one zero five hundred and just tell us about some of these programs that might have been a little bit earlier than than what we can remember because uh, you know our television viewing started i mean I, I started pretty much the day I came out of the womb, I think they' just put me in front of the banana splits and the great space coaster, and I was all set because uh, TV was the greatest babysitter I could ever have i mean I say that with my mom being right there with me the entire time, but I just couldn't get enough television. They tried everything they could to keep me away from it, and I would just run back. And, and then, of course, I go into radio. So, what does that tell you? I guess it did rot my mind.
1: Well, you do have the face for radio, though. I do. I do have a face for
2: radio. It well, looks like we have a call right here. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing tonight? Hi. How are you? All right.
5: Good. How's everybody? Um, I remember uh, the uh, show with Simon. Uh, right. There's a couple others. Um, some years before that, I don't know if you remember, uh, remember uh, Chiller or Thriller, either one of those?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't ring a bell to me, but then again, I've um... heard of it, yeah.
5: One of them was hosted by Boris Karloff.
2: Oh, yes, Boris Karloff's
3: Thriller. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the other
5: one was it's yeah. that, I, I'm I'm probably mixing the two up. But They're
3: uh... actually uh, releasing the Boris Karloff Thriller episodes on DVD, I hear. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, it's coming out soon.
2: And, and was was that a type of program where they showed movies, or was it like an anthology series with a different story each week?
3: No, it was movies.
2: And Those
5: movies, I I don't even remember seeing probably the you know any of the movies again. I mean, it just and, and I remember seeing all them scare the heck out of me. I was a kid, and but I don't remember uh, seeing them anymore. You know, what I mean, it was so. I mean, I don't know what happened to them, but they were. Uh, I remember they did scare me, and it would stop. Uh, I'm not sure if it was his show or the other one started on Fridays at midnight exactly. It would show a clock ticking, like an old uh, grandfather's clock. It would show the clock ticking, and just that part—you know—give you the creeps. Just the music, you know what I mean?
2: A good uh, way to set the mood.
5: Oh, it was—it was great. I mean, I loved that. I mean, scared you, but you
2: know. And I, how was Boris Karloff as a host? He wasn't.
5: uh... It was good, I'm just saying he wasn't it wasn't a constant thing, he'd pop in, you know, and felt almost like uh, what Simon was uh Simon used to do. Mm-hmm. I remember that get up Simon had that was funny.
3: It was like a Edgar Allan Poe type outfit, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was but, that show uh, in color in black and white, do you remember? I think that was in color. Yeah. I I don't we 've been trying to oh yeah we 've been trying to find footage of uh, of Simon for a while, and we called uh, Channel Five and spoke to uh, Liz Chang, the program director there and she was really helpful in trying to find some. She got her interns looking for uh, old footage of Simon and it took about two weeks and they they just came up with nothing. All I got was a, a fan uh, sent us a photograph of Simon uh, that he had gotten back in the day, so we at least have a picture of him, but uh, we don 't have anything else so
2: yeah and how old was he back in back at that time do you know like i mean he's probably made up so you couldn't 30s, really tell.
3: maybe gary newton was the guy who was uh played simon back then
2: so yeah. he's he's gonna be around probably yeah. well, so you, you if know, anybody knows you know have him get in touch with with penny or with us and
5: because you know, that was um i mean you know all of those shows i mean that was uh it was something you know something different i know you know a lot of the kids they don't know what it's like mm-hmm. um like, it was, it was it was scary stuff, but it wasn't, like, you know, the slashes stuff.
3: And do you remember uh, Feep? That was another one. It was phantasmic uh, Features. They show all kinds of crazy sci-fi movies. It yes, this, yes. Oh, yeah, it was this weird little alien guy that looked like a light bulb. Yeah. Which is,
5: uh, um, I remember, I don't know if it was a Friday night. Um, you know, it, it showed the Italian horror movies, a lot of them. I don't um, oh, fr- yeah. Friday or Saturday, it would show the Italian ones. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, them were on later because them were considered a little racy. And oh, yeah. All that.
3: yeah, Dario Argento, Black Sunday, and all that great stuff. So they'd
5: always show them. But uh, that was good times because it was, you know, I, I mean, I liked uh, Creature Double Feature, but that was altogether different, you know, just mm-hmm. the setting, you know, being at midnight and all that.
2: Yeah, and these, these weren't really the spooky atmosphere around them. They were more, mm-hmm. you know, camp.
5: I mean, you just, you get close to the time, you know what I mean? You say, oh boy, here it comes, and then, just the music, I mean, with that, uh it would just, you know, you get creeped out and you don't even see the thing yet, but uh, I don't know, like I I remember uh, <clears throat> watching a lot of those, I just don't remember seeing them anymore after that.
2: Well, the good thing is, if they do come out on DVD, you know, you can rediscover them all over again.
5: Yeah, I, I mean, they, I'm sure they're around somewhere, just that. Uh, hopefully they, you know, bring them out sometime. But uh, no, I, I, I was thinking, I was trying to think of the names before I called. I said, See, what was it? And I remember it was Chilla. One was Chilla, one was Thriller. I, I, I was getting them uh, mixed up, but. Uh, yeah.
2: We'll see what we can do. Sometimes we can yeah. find little clips of this stuff online. We'll see if we can come up with anything, and we'll put it on our website, SpookySouthCoast.com. Yeah. Chiller
3: yeah. out of WGN, I think was a hand. that started out with this hand coming out, you know, this animated weird-looking hand. So that was out of Chicago? I think that was out of New York. It might have been w- New Jersey, New York. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, WGN, yeah. No,
5: uh, we, uh before you uh, let you go, I just, we did, uh I'm over at Cable also, Cable Access. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope with uh uh, live shows and all that yeah and uh we did a me and a friend of mine we did a few shows and uh we did one on the a takeoff on the boy witch but we called it the bear witch but it wasn't nothing bad i mean just, <laughs> just a crazy name we did that in rochester and uh the woods and uh we did some other shows with, uh, this guy's and, uh guy steve April and we did some comedies and uh before we started doing them it's like uh Ernie Bach, I mean, they said this and that, but then we'd get feedback. We'd be walking, you know, different places, uh, and, you know, stores and stuff, and people come up and say, oh, I like your shows, and, you know, and we were getting trashed before that. But when we started doing the shows, well, then they said, oh, yeah, I mean, so you never know.
2: Absolutely. Well, we're coming up on a news break. Uh, All right.
5: Um, if- enjoy your show, and you do a great job, and thanks for uh, letting me
2: talk. Thank you, and why don't you give us a buzz uh, in the future, too, and let us know what you think of the Creature Double feature if you get a chance to watch it.
5: I will. Thanks a lot.
2: Thank you very much. Have
5: a good night.
2: All right, so we are coming up on the CBS News, and then when we come back, we will do our new segment, The Week in Weird. Some interesting stories coming up for you about crows, about UFOs. Of course, we always have to have a story about UFOs. And also uh, some interesting cryptozoology news from our resident Crypto Costa. So, you Let's don't want to miss that. First, be right back.
1: Local news, talk, and sports. This is WBSM New Bedford. Citadel Broadcasting. AM 1420.
4: WBSM. I can smell your tears. I'm not afraid. You.
0: supernatural
3: is something that isn't supposed
2: to happen, but it does it. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast, hour number two, brought into it by our hour number two theme song and uh, the silent assassin Matt Costa worked a little overtime this week for us uh, with some production stuff. We found some excellent creature double feature clips off the Internet from the website put together by our friend. Uh, he goes by the name of DZilla, which uh, we know his real name, but we won't divulge it because uh, we like to keep his secrecy for him. But
3: Great message board he has.
2: Yeah, and he really did put a lot of work into that website for I looked at it and I said, oh, you know, he must have found an old Creature Double Feature logo or or found something in a TV guide and scanned it in. But a lot of that stuff he just made based on his own memories and what fonts he could find on a computer. So you want to check out his site, www.geocities.com slash DZilla1964. You can also just go to Google, search Creature Double Feature. It is the first listing that pops up. And you can go on there, check out all the memories that he has, go onto his uh, message board, register for his message board, and join in the conversation because there is a lot of activity going on right now with the new Creature Double feature debuting June 24th. I say debuting even though it's technically a one-shot deal uh, as far as 56 is concerned right now, but I am confident that... Fans of this show, fans of Creature Double Feature, fans of Penny Dreadful, Shilling Shockers. All these people are going to come together. They're going to unite. There will be a massive letter-writing campaign, (laughs) a massive phone-calling campaign. We remind everybody to please be respectful and polite when you contact them. But I think that they will bring back Creature Double Feature on a full-time basis. And, of course, we will get more into the discussion about Creature Double Feature, about horror movies on television in general, uh, and about your recollections, memories, and anything else paranormal you want to discuss right after we do a little segment we like to call The Week in Weird. Our first story comes to us from National Geographic, which generally you don't think of National Geographic when it comes to the paranormal, but you would be surprised. Uh, Check out the National Geographic channel sometime and they'll tell you some of the real story behind some paranormal events. Well, one article that they had on their website is about crows and now crows for those who haven't seen the movie the crow or read any kind of folklore or or any uh mythological stuff crows are said to be at times the uh the resurrected spirits of the dead maybe or harbingers of evil or doom i mean they've had a lot of connotations within the paranormal realm and uh one researcher has found that crows actually are eerily similar to humans a lot more than we think. They actually make tools, they play tricks on each other, and they call among kin in a dialect all their own. These are just some of the signs presented in a recent book that point to an unexpected similarity between the wise birds and humans. It's the same kind of consonants we find between bats that can fly and birds that can fly and insects that can fly, said Candace Savage, who, a writer based in Saskatoon, Canada, who is putting out the book Crows, Encounters with the Wise Guys of the Avian World. Species don't have to be related for there to have been some purpose, some reason, some evolutionary advantage for acquiring shared characteristics, she said. She is one of the world's leading researchers in crow research, and uh, she thinks that the birds share with humans several hallmarks of higher intelligence, including the ability to use tools and sophisticated social behavior. The shared traits exist despite the fact that crows and humans sit on distinct branches of the genetic tree. I'm not po- I'm not positioning that there's anything mythological about this or imagining crows are in any way human, she said. But whatever it is that has encouraged humans to develop higher intelligence also seems to have been at work on crows. So she's not willing to make the leap and say that, you know, crows and humans are of the same. But who knows? Maybe they are. There's certainly been plenty of stories and, and legends throughout various cultures uh, coming up through time, so... We leave that possibility out there. And uh, Matt Moniz, you have a story for us on uh, Something in the Sky. Well,
1: and kind of. <laughs> it comes to us from uh, the Indiana Post-Tribune. Uh, basically saying the truth is out there, but not everyone in uh, Hebron, Indiana is in a hurry to hear it. Instead, residents are happy to simply uh, spinning yarns about UFOs dangling in the power lines just north of town. There are actually three of them, shiny and futuristic, appearing to hover silently above uh, an, Indi- an Indiana uh, power line. Of course, they don't really hover. They hang there from the power lines. Uh, but they have people in the small town of uh, South Vela uh, scratching their heads. Uh, the truth said uh, Northern Indiana Public Service Company communications manager uh Tom Cudley, which is a cute name, is uh, the shiny metal objects are simply weights installed to keep the lines balanced and to prevent sagging.
2: So they're not actually UFOs, they're more UHOs. Yeah, kind of. Unidentified hanging objects. Well, around here we have something that they put on power lines for a similar purpose. looks like a giant basketball. Right. Um,
1: These particular things, I believe, are for longer spans. What it does is it keeps the center of gravity weighted in higher wind areas. Indiana obviously is a lot of uh, flat land. That's where they have a lot of tornadoes and stuff like that. And the spans between each of the main power poles is greater. So they need something to keep it weighted down in higher winds because if it starts oscillating, that can cause power fluctuation problems, brownouts, blackouts, and... You know,
2: and, and plus, if one of those lines was to go down, I mean, we're talking about... Lots of volts. Yes, and... and because to stretch it over such a huge amount of space... It's not like here where we have, you know, different segments of power lines branching out from the mains. I mean, you know, you could drive through a town and encounter seven different power lines that aren't tied in together. Right. Oh, there, there's awesome like one, one line, line and that's it. Right. So, but then again, you know, they, they probably... Well, they don't UFOs? have to look like UFOs, but it's just cool that they do.
1: Well, not only that, UFOs are always being reported around power lines, so that's why, probably why a lot of people... Yeah suspected as being
2: that. So, if, hey, if you're out there in Indiana and, and you've seen these, why don't you send us a picture because I couldn't find any online. So, take a picture and mail it to us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And uh, now it's time for our resident cryptozoologist. Do you have your degree in that, Matt?
4: Uh, I'm working on it. Okay. I have my associates.
2: Your associates degree. Uh, in cryptozoology, he is our, uh, our own silent assassin, our own cryptozoologist, Matt Costa, with his... Follow-up on the Chupacabra, which was the Crypto Creature of the Month for May, I believe? Yes. Okay, so on the message board. So, Matt, why don't you tell us what you have found out?
4: All right. Uh, the, the Daily Texan reports that the University of Texas professor, Pamela Owen, has an, analyzed bones of an alleged Chupacabra and determined it is not a mythical beast after all. The Chupacabra, whose name means goat sucker in Spanish is a creature which attacks and mutilates livestock by sucking blood sucking blood from its prey the bones belong to a rancher Devin Devin McClaney who shot the animal while it was attacking some chickens in his ranch in Elmdorf Elmdorf. photos of the animal which later later became known as the Elmdorf Beast show a small hairless dog like creature Owen holds a Doctor in mammalology and specializes in carnivores, said that when she first heard about the Elm, Elmdorf beast, she agreed that biologists' initial findings, that it was some kind of coyote with, with a severe mange. Owen's suspicions were later confirmed when the show's producer, he, producers emailed her a photo of the creature, creature's exhumed skull. Owen, who has been identifying bones from the, for the Texas Memorial Museum for six years, was able to recognize the skull almost instantly and wrote back, Nice Coyote.
2: Yes, she is uh, working for a television program that's going to debut in the fall on Discovery Kids. Uh, It's like a MythBusters for kids. And so they sent her out that chupacabra, alleged chupacabra skull to investigate it. And she said she knew right away that it was a coyote. So, I mean, take, take that for what you will. There have been... Other rumored photos of chupacabras that have been debunked and some that haven't. So, uh, you know, we invite you to stay tuned on the message board to the Crypto Creature of the Month section. And as we get updates on these creatures, Matt will be sure to post them up there. So, that does it for the Week in Weird this week. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to get back into the discussion about creature double feature, about horror and monster movies on television. And of course, we want to hear from you, 508. 508- 996 508 in the live chat room on the message board SpookySouthCoast.com and uh, we will be right back in just a few That might sound familiar to our in-studio guest. <laughs>
3: yes, I've I've heard that many 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 times. I hear it in my in my nightmares. I tell you,
2: the, the theme song to *Penny Dreadful* Schilling Shocker, yes. which is
3: on right now, right? Yes, it is. Absolutely. What what movie is uh, being shown tonight? Uh, I think it's *M*, starring Peter Lorre, a German film.
2: And. Every week, uh, you can catch a different film on Channel 95 in New Bedford.
3: Yeah, and we're on in right now over, yes, yeah, <laughs> over 45 uh, cities and towns throughout a haunted New England, and more coming soon. We're about to hit Salem, uh, finally. We're, we're looking forward to that. And uh, we're also on uh, streaming video now on uh, through the Worcester uh, channel. I think that's WCCATV.com, uh, and uh, we have the, the streaming video on there.
2: And, and what day do they stream it? Uh,
3: late. Thursday night, early Friday morning, like real, like one a.m. or twelve thirty a.m. It's
2: well, pretty, the perfect time.
3: Well, yeah, you know, what better time is there for for a horror than late at night? You know. Exactly. And that theme song, by the way, was by a uh, uh, great guy, the uh, 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 Gene from the band Gene and the Grave Robbers. They're a, a horror surf band from uh, Acton, Massachusetts. They play some great tunes.
2: And uh, and you have the. DVD release coming up of Season 1?
3: Yes, that it will be coming very soon. Uh, Rebecca, our uh, editor, is working hard on uh, putting that together, and I, I've, I've seen the test shots, and they look really good, so that should probably be ready in a couple of weeks, I'd say.
2: And if everything goes according to plan, uh, she was able to get the, the digital file of your appearance on Spooky South Coast uh in, in the early beginnings and I know she's going to try to include that as well. Yes,
3: I think uh I think she was uh she's going to put that in uh, the first episode of season 2, I believe, uh and the one but those are going to be coming out real soon cuz she's making the broadcast ones and the consumer ones at the same time to cut down on time. So. There you
2: go. And are you going to have a big release party when this, when this happens? Oh, we'll,
3: we'll probably do it. We're going to be over at the Rhode Island Horror Film uh, Festival and uh, we're going to have a booth there and we're, we're looking into doing uh, convention appearances at, like next year at Monster Bash, Chiller, and uh, a lot of the, those different conventions selling the DVDs and whatnot.
2: Excellent. And uh, we're going to have the... The guy's in from the Rhode Island uh, Horror Film Festival in September to talk about yes. it because it's taking place in October. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you're going to have Penny Dreadful as the host of the festival this year.
3: Yes, and uh, Rick Ribello is uh, running in, and he's a, he's a great guy. Big, big horror fan. He was a fan of Creature Double Feature, and uh, he's, he put the whole thing together. A, really a
2: nice guy. So uh we will which you know it 's surprisingly how many nice people there are in the horror genre it 's true yes they, they you know they 'll do anything for anybody they'll you know, they won 't stab you in the back unless you know unless it 's part of the script well yeah you know if it's if it gets a good scare, you know maybe <laughs> so uh, we will get into all of that and just a couple of programming notes. Uh, we do have some very interesting shows coming up in the coming weeks. Next week is actually going to be a, a show i 'm very excited about, something that i don 't think i 've quite heard done uh, before. We are going to talk to the resident angelologist and demonologist for the Atlantic Paranormal Society. That's uh, TAPS from Ghost Hunters fame. We have Renee Smith, who is their angelologist. She will be joining us, as well as, of course, Keith Johnson is the demonologist for TAPS. We've had Keith with us a couple of times already. And we are going to talk about the similarities and the differences between the angelic realm and the demonic realm. And you're going to be surprised at some of the things you're going to hear about uh, just how some of these... uh, There's similarities like, you know, the same type of uh, setup, the same type of hierarchies uh, that they have both in heaven and hell. Uh, We will also get into some other theories of angels and demons and what they could be and uh, how they've been represented throughout history. Then I know on July 8th we're going to have Jeff Belanger from ghostvillage.com, which is the website when it comes to finding anything related to hauntings, uh, anything related to ghosts, magazine articles, uh, you know, different radio show sites like ourselves, uh, different interviews with people that are in the field, ghostvillage.com, highly recommend it, we'll have Jeff on July 8th, and then on July 22nd, Keith Johnson is going to join us again uh, in anticipation of his July 8th class at South Coast Learning, we want to have him a couple of times so people can see that he's a really knowledgeable source uh, when it comes to the paranormal, he's going to come on with us and we're going to talk about New England vampire legends, so that should be a terrific show as well, so... Uh, You want to make sure you catch those. But tonight we are still talking about Creature Double Features Triumphant Return next Saturday, June 24th from noon to 4 on Boston's WB 56. And again, for those of you who are listening outside of the area and may not have the opportunity, I know some cable stations carry, uh, some cable outlets carry different stations from different parts of the country. I don't know if WB 56 is syndicated out there. But if you go to the website, uh, for DZilla's website, geocities.com slash DZilla1964. There's some talk out there about recording the program and and mailing out copies to people. So, you know, it should be, and and Ernie didn't tell us not to do that. He didn't (laughs) tell us that we can't suggest that people do that. So please, by all means, uh, we'll see if maybe somebody even has the capability of actually hosting the video online. And I'm sure Ernie will want to do something like that to get it out to people. So Mm. we'll find out for you, but... Uh, I just want to read this list that I got off DZilla's website, put together by a gentleman named Bill, who put together this crazy list of every single movie that aired on Creature Double Feature from September 6th 1975, which I believe is the date that it went to the double movie format during the afternoons to January 15th, 1983. And the only exceptions were that uh, Christmas Day uh, landed 1976 and 1982 landed on a Saturday so they did not show them then. But other than that, I mean, if you want to check out the site for yourself, because we're not going to read them all, geocities.com slash diesel in 1964. Not only can you see what movies they showed, but he has uh, in parentheses afterwards how many times they were shown. And uh, just some of the more popular ones that were shown on repeated basis, Revenge of the Zombies, uh, Machine Monster of Terror. I might pronounce some of these wrong, but uh, The Return of Giant uh, Machine, Yongari, Monster of the Deep, Journey to the Seventh Planet. Uh, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, which they'll be showing this Saturday. Destroy All Planets, which is, you know, a classic with Gamera, who uh, we actually have a DVD uh, that I purchased locally here, just uh, of different Gamera movies. Uh, also, uh, let's see what else uh, The Curse of Dracula. Uh, Dagora the Space Monster. Uh, the Amazing Colossal Man. The Astounding She Monster. I think I met her once. Yog Monster from Space. X the Man with X ray Eyes. Night of the Beast, Attack of the Giant Leeches, Cat People, of course that's uh, been remade uh, but the original Cat People from 1942 they showed uh, Godzilla vs. the Thing, a.k.a. Godzilla vs. Mothra can you believe they only showed that four times in the span of seven or eight years I mean Mothra is one of the classics, my wife's favorite Uh, just some of these other ones that they showed here The Undead, uh, The Four Skulls of Jonathan Drake, I, I seem to remember that one as well as Attack of the Mushroom People uh there's also let's see, King Kong vs. Godzilla. They only showed that four times. They must have had trouble hanging on to the to the rights to that. Yes, uh our friend Nicholas Roberge, also a big Mothra fan as well as. You as must Macross return
3: himself. the egg. You must return the egg.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh just some of these other ones, uh I mean it's crazy. A lot of these they didn't show that often. Like I said, it must have been rights tying issues because Creature from the Black Lagoon, they only showed four times. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, they only showed three times. The original Wolfman, they only showed three times. Uh, And then, you know what I'm not seeing on here, surprisingly, is uh, Mark of the Devil, which I would have thought they would have shown that at least once. What, was it too gory for television?
4: Yes, yes, it was. I think it was too bad. Yes,
2: well, I mean, some of these movies were.
4: You have to mail out out barf bags. Really (laughs) bad.
2: I still have one of those barf bags. I'll bring it in sometime. It's pretty cool. Uh, the Lost Continent, The Mummy's Ghost, The Mummy's Curse, Attack from Space, Evil Brain from Outer Space, Ghost of Frankenstein, Revenge of the Creature, Curse of Frankenstein, uh, you know, just anything that you can come up with with Frankenstein, Dracula, or the Wolfman in the title, Black Friday, Calling Doctor Death, The Black Cat, The Conqueror Worm, Atomic, i um, sorry, Atom Age Vampire, so these are just some of the films that they showed, maybe you remember watching some of these, you want to call us up and give us your review, 508-996-0500 508-2910-500.
3: And, uh, you know, uh, I know that uh, earlier on there had been some talk about uh, bashing of uh, different uh, re- for different reasons and I think one of the things that uh, people are complaining about is the, the hosting aspect of it and Creature Double Feature did have a host early on as I had mentioned, Cecil, but uh, it was Creature Feature then. Uh, but then later on, I uh, you know, a lot of people remember different phases of Creature Double Feature is what it is. The younger generation remembers that only the Godzilla movies you know the last uh, sort of uh, aspect of creature double feature was only the Godzilla movies but a little earlier on there was a mix of the Godzilla and the mummy I remember seeing the the mummy's ghost on there and uh, and other movies like that uh, so there were just di- sort of different phases of a different opening title sequence some the Emerson uh, Lake and Palmer that that's the famous song Takata from from, yeah from yeah, brain cell yeah, tele- surgery right that's the one everyone remembers and before that there was uh, other Another song, you know, so everybody has different memories depending on when they grew up and what generation they were from.
2: Because they were were tailoring it to a certain demographic uh, in each of its incantations. One thing that I've discovered, at least uh, in, in researching this online, is that Turner bought a lot of these movies up. And whether or not he did anything with them, he sat on them. Mm-hmm. And so some of these movies that might have been shown, some of these ones related to some of the Universal classic monsters, mm-hmm. too, might have gotten tied up as Universal tried to reign in a lot of its intellectual yeah. properties as a theme park aspect group. Yeah. So that might have been what kept some of these Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein right. movies from airing.
3: I'd love to show some of those. Those are awesome.
2: But, you know, you get tied up in the in the rights issues for sure, that. Sure, yeah. Because, you know, they make a, a pretty penny off that. And now, of course, uh, Turner Classic Movies has their monster vision every year at Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this is like the only time of year you can see some of these films that aren 't in the public domain and aren 't you know able for you to air. but I did hear something interesting recently that uh, starting in September either this September or this October, Rob Zombie, who is uh, you know a noted rock musician and horror movie director, is actually going to be hosting a return of these horror movies to Turner Classic movies. I don't know if it's going to be the all-out type of creature-double-feature type situation or if it's going to be similar to the Robert Osborne introducing a film and, and discussing a film prior to its airing. But he is going to be involved with something. We're going to try and get him for the show and see if we can get him to talk about what his intentions are. Uh, as, as, because it would be interesting to see his take on the horror host idea because of uh, just the way he grew up immersed. You know grew up right down the street from here in, in uh, what was it, Lowell? Low that he grew up? It was
3: Woburn, I think. It was Woburn.
2: I mean, he was in the Boston area. He watched Creature Double Feature. That was what got him into this kind of stuff, and he constantly cites it as an inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I want to know if he's going to stick with that or if he's going to kind of play it straight because it's on the Turner Channel. So yeah. we'll find out about all that. But uh, as we were saying, so some of these movies got, got uh, tied up in rights issues. Mm-hmm. The original reason why they yeah well plan nine from outer space matt is that what you're, what you're uh-huh. referencing i do believe they plan on showing plan nine from outer space i think i saw that in the listing really? of one of the movies that that rob zombie that's, is going to show oh my, fantastic. my
4: favorite
2: worst yes. movie ever what do you what do you like uh, about it do you like uh, just the, just the, the, the sh- wonderful acting the terrific special <laughs> effects
4: Oh, it's Borsk. What? Borsk oh, Carlos Bella Lugosi. Lugosi. Bella Lugosi's last, last movie. Yeah, that's they. He, he was died in it for twenty minutes
3: or something. Yeah, and then they <laughs> got the guy with the cape to pretend to be Bella. Yeah. If, if you've seen which the actually film,
1: actually, was his dentist, I believe. Yeah. I was, yeah if you've
2: some seen some the film bronca. Ed Wood, which is the, uh, the inside <laughs> story of uh, of what went on in the making of that film, great movie. I'm I'm a fan of anything with Johnny Depp, and also anything with George <laughs> the Animal Steel as well. So, <laughs> and uh, so. A lot of these movies, uh, they couldn't air. I believe the reason why, from what I understand, the reason why they even invented this format was because they had these Godzilla movies sitting in their library, right. and they couldn't come up with any way to market them. They couldn't come up with any way to air them without losing what they felt was credibility as a as a movie station. Because back in the 60s, you know, 70s, 80s, these UHF channels, all they had was the ability to show movies at night. Yeah. And so they if they were going to run Godzilla movies all the time, you know it kind of would they say, "Oh, that's just the the channel that runs right. the monster movies right." So they had to find a way to market it correctly. And they—they
3: uh, uh, Dale Dorman did the voiceover on a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, creature double features. And he he sort of would set it up in such a way you'd hear that music playing and he'd be, like, real, like, intense about, you know, Godzilla, you know. And you'd be like, wow, this is going to be cool.
2: You know? It's funny because <laughs> you, would, you would stay up on, like, a Saturday night and you'd hear Dale Dorman introducing the films in this manner. And then on Monday morning, you know, he's the voice of yeah. the Channel 56 Kids Club. Uncle Dale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, so I mean I couldn't believe when I heard him on the radio uh, when he used to do his gig uh actually on one of the top forty stations, and I was like wow that's that's Uncle Dale <laughs> I mean, how old is this guy that he's playing pop music and it turns yeah. i mean it was only recently that he stopped doing that, so yeah. he was playing uh top forty music uh probably well into his fifties sixties, so you know, Uncle Dale, we salute you, we thank you for your contribution. <laughs> And uh, I know that, from what I understand, he didn't part on the best of ways with Channel 56. That's so what I hear, too. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. all that you did, especially when it comes to Creature Double Feature, and yeah. you know, we'd love to hear from you anytime. And, of course, we'd love to hear from anybody out there that wants to talk about these films. 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Let us know what you think about not only bringing back this type of format, but the horror movies that are shown on television in general uh, these days. You're not going to see a lot of intentionally can 't be films anymore, um, because production values have increased so greatly and if you know as we spoke about with ernie bach high definition television is a real hindrance to putting on this type of movie even in jest, because every little thing you do can be exposed as being cheap and, and cheesy, even if that 's your intent i mean uh, in the movies that that you show, uh, I mean you try to stick to some of the you know, not the campy, cheesy stuff. I mean, it's true horror.
3: Yeah, we we we. You know, I mean, there's always a uh, room for fun. We have one this season, with, uh, "Teenagers from Outer Space," which is a, a pretty w- wild movie, and it's. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if they were serious when they made that movie, but uh, most of the movies we show are, you know, gothic horror type stuff and uh, really sort of suspenseful, uh, eerie type stuff. Not. Uh, although, you know, there's, like I said, there's always room for fun. So if we have the scary stuff and then we do the, the wacky stuff in between.
2: So. Well, because you have to, uh, at the same time, you're trying to select films that will work with, you know, what you want to do as actors around the films as well. Sure,
3: yeah, definitely. And we, we try to take uh, elements from those films and play with them and, uh, and uh, work them into whatever we're doing. So it's a, a sort of an organic uh, thing where we ha- have the fun part and then the scary part combined.
2: So there's, like, no... no uh no plans in the near future to dress Dr. Von Buehl up in a rubber Godzilla suit.
3: That that could very well happen. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's it's been discussed, I assure you.
2: <laughs> and so, and and as we mentioned uh, during the course of the interview uh, with Ernie Bach, that uh, Steve Ratner, who is one of the driving forces behind the return of Creature Double Feature and was also involved in it originally, he says that he's amazed. This is a quote from the Boston Globe. I'm amazed at the following the show continues to have. It's just insane how many people come up to us and ask us after the ask after creature double feature. Every day we get emails from people all over the country. So obviously there is a desire for this type of format to return. Um, how receptive are people when you're approaching a new cable station about bringing Shilling Shockers to them? How how receptive have they been?
3: It really uh, it depends on uh, on who I speak to at the station. If the person uh, is uh, into that type of thing, you know, into the the monster movies or into uh, original uh, entertainment sort of program, uh, they're really all for it. Some of the stations have been ecstatic about it. Some of them have been you know lukewarm, but once they see the the finished product, they're usually pretty
2: psyched about well, it. Well, I mean it's a it's a it's a very well done production. So you can always find for programming like that that's that's done well and done with that, you know, that love behind it. You can always find a time slot for sure. that type of
3: program and, uh, and a lot of times with a two hour show it 's a night uh, it has to be a, a nighttime thing because the daytime programming is usually pretty pretty tight but um, so we, we usually get a lot of times we get like le- an eleven o'clock slot, but that works perfectly for for a show like this because Absolutely. it's a, a late night show and some places sh- do show it in the afternoon sunday afternoon it 's fine too or we 're happy with whatever we get time slot wise
2: and I wonder if uh, as those who come up through the ranks these days of uh, you know, putting together television programming, these program directors and and just the people who put together these networks now, as they're coming up through the ranks, and there is no horror on these prog- on these channels, mm-hmm. they might shy away from it and see it more as a. It's kind of become specialized now. You know, that belongs on the Sci-Fi Channel. That belongs during Monster Vision on on Turner Classic Movies.
3: Right. Yeah. It is interesting how uh, how the cap- the uh, advent of cable has sort of uh, categorized everything into. This belongs here. This belongs here. Exactly. This belongs here, and it is uh, it's it's interesting how that's uh, developed. But uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, now on the Sci Fi Channel, there they have the wrestling on on the yeah. Sci Fi Channel, ECW which, which I, th- I guess it, it works. Science fiction and wrestling. I I suppose I
2: <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> both l- fictional, I guess. <laughs> a, a little bit of the, the backstory to that is that uh, when when Vince McMahon brought back ECW, he wanted it to be on the USA Network, and USA yeah. is like. Yeah, I don't know how we feel about that. So they said, you know, we'll put it on Sci-Fi because it's all owned by NBC Universal, uh, and so the Sci-Fi channel said, well, if you're going to put it on our network, you need to cater it toward our yeah. viewers. So you need to have like a zombie character and, uh, a, and a vampire group, <laughs> and and so they actually did. They actually are bringing in a vampire. Oh. Group and they brought in a zombie character in the first episode ah. and just totally had one of their wrestlers just beat the crap oh, out of him. Oh, I so. see. Okay. it yeah. is. They are trying to put a sci fi bent on it, but yeah. it's very tongue in cheek. Now,
3: even when cable first started, you mentioned the USA Network. Of course, it was Commander USA, these groovy mm-hmm. movies where he showed great horror movies and stuff you don't even see on DVD or video, like Simon King of the Witches. I can't find that anywhere. You know, I mean, it's just uh, even when cable first started, it was sort of like a, the Wild West. There was all kinds of, kind exactly. of night flights and stuff. But as um, things become more uh, established, it starts to get into the set pattern of, you know, and, and so it it's cool that uh, Channel 56 and Ernie Bach Jr. are doing Creature Double Feature because it is that local flair which is missing from tv and like i had said last time i was on a lot of that has gone to cable access so it's great to see a local commercial channel actually focusing on a local. Yeah, co- i'm sorry go ahead
2: they are taking a risk yeah i mean because that's advertising time for them because generally they could be selling paid programming sure. and and these syndicated programmings that you know draw an established audience so they are taking yeah. a risk bringing it right. back
3: but one of the things
2: that a lot of people are
3: were psyched about it just a little thing in that commercial when you see the giant lizard walking it's walking i think it was on the tapanzi bridge which is really cool you know you you see that and you're like oh my god you know it's the bridge you know but just the
2: just the fact that they can you know up that type of stuff i mean back then they would have had to you know put the most cheesiest graphics together and now like we can make that stuff on our computers at home so it's really amazing it it just makes sense that they can bring it back yeah so we're going to take our final break of the program and then on the other side, we'll talk to you for the rest of the program. We want to hear from you, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. We also want to talk a little bit more, too, about that footage that Matt Moniz and Joe Gonski captured at Waverly Hills. We are going to make a better version of that available on the Internet, so uh, we will be right back in a few minutes here on Spooky South Coast.
1: Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSM into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. The First, monsters break their teeth and are unleashed on the world and destroy all monsters. Then humans, Aliens discover Gamera's one weakness. Try to use it to destroy the world and destroy all planets.
2: We are talking about Creature Double Feature here on Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, Matt Moniz, at, um, Matt Costa at the controls, Matt Moniz on the other side of the board. Why do I keep getting you guys mixed up? It's like Matt over here, Matt over here. You know, it's crazy. It's like Matt in stereo. So, And we also have Penny Dreadful, a.k.a. and also producer, we'll say also producer, Danielle Delerto is <laughs> along as well. And we're talking about some of these films that have aired on Creature Double Feature, which is coming back on June 24th. One movie that I saw, and I've always remembered it, uh, maybe not perfectly, so maybe you can help me out. I I don't think I saw it on Creature Double Feature, but I saw it on a late-night cable program when I was maybe 10 or 12. And it was a Dracula movie, but it was called, I want to say... Curse of Frankenstein or, or the the title actually it had something to do with Frankenstein and Dracula but I remember that the Dracula character was going by the name Count Alucard. Ah okay. And so through the whole movie, you know, people knew there was something not right about this guy. Uh, his name was Count Alucard, and it wasn't until like the Dracula end of, backwards. It wasn't yeah. until the end of the movie that they realized that it was Dracula backwards, and then once they realized it was like, oh my god, it's Dracula! <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, you know, some of the genres uh, that you see. You see some of these movies that were a stretch for these characters, but, you know, a lot of them are
3: classic i know and uh it's uh, i think it might be son of dracula which is uh large cheney jr was uh, played dracula the one time he played dracula it was Count alucard
2: that's the whole that's movie. exactly what yeah. i'm talking about yeah. Yeah. so but for some reason i think there was a frankenstein involved in that movie or or maybe i just watched two movies back to back i mean you know when you're young and you watch these films they do all tend to blur together and uh so we're talking about some of the films that uh aired on creature double feature and about how a lot of them have disappeared from the television airwaves, uh, one of the programs that did have them for a while was Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. They aired a lot of these you know these movies based on the idea of nuclear radiation creating these giant monsters and it had a good run and now it's a, a lot of the episodes are available on d v d so you can see these films again that way. but it seems like that was like the last great opportunity for these films to air. Mm. And now, you know, if if Creature Double Feature can come back on a regular basis, maybe this is something that other networks will pick up on. I mean, it's, it's, as you said, you know, you have to go through the horror host underground and through these cable access stations to be able to get a voice and to have that that time slot. But, I mean, what do you think it would take to make these movies marketable again?
3: Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, there's definitely uh, a following out there for for these types of films, and uh, it's, it's just a matter of uh, keeping a, keeping the torch lit, and keeping it out there. And I think the creature double feature will definitely do that because it'll reach uh, a wide area. Uh, and you know, we're trying to keep keep this going and expose the younger generations to it so that they can say, hey, you know, this is this is pretty neat stuff. And hopefully, they'll get addicted to the stuff.
2: I mean, this might just be me, you know, trying to read too much into things. But I think that there's two
4: a
3: horror heirloom.
2: Yeah, pass it down. That's, that's Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's a good way of describing it. Is, it this might just be my own you know, crazy conspiracy theories, uh, but I think that there's two factors that played into the demise of these films, uh, especially in the 90s. In addition to the you know, rights getting tied up as, as certain uh, different media outlets conglomerated into, into groups, one of the things that I think happened is, and very peripherally, Joe Bob Briggs on TNT's Monster Vision. I don't know if uh, you caught any of the, uh, the, the Monster Vision shows with Joe Bob Briggs. He's an yeah. actor-comedian yeah, that, would, so, that yeah. would host these. Joe Bob Briggs, yeah. And while he did a good job and he was knowledgeable about the films, uh, it seems to me like that whole portraying it as a white trash trailer park type mm. of situation might have hurt, hurt its reputation. And at the same time, the trend toward political correctness. I think might have really choked a lot of these films because let's face it they don't all portray the japanese people that are being attacked in the best possible light uh, and right, yeah. at the same time it a lot of these films directly relate back to the idea of america as the villain both you know a, as a figurative villain you know something godzilla crushing Jap- japan is kind of could be seen as a right. metaphor for america yeah. and at the same time uh the all these gamma radiation and a lot of these creatures were created as a result of hiroshima and nagasaki bombs so i mean it, it part of that might have to do with why these films aren't shown anymore too
3: it's uh it's possible and uh it's it's hard to tell really i mean uh they give different reasons for a lot of the films are in black and white and, People mm-hmm. might think, "Hey, you know, people don't want to watch black and white films now that we have color," which is not true. I think black and white adds its own sort of unique quality to a film.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, otherwise, they they still make films in black and white today for that reason.
3: Yeah, but uh, you know, I I've shown these films to younger people, and they've they've gotten they've enjoyed them too, just as much as as we did when we were young. And and Matt had written this is wonderful horror hand me downs is what he calls it show show the younger kids it's, this stuff. It's it's cool. Absolutely.
2: I mean, you have to you have to. Keep it going because yeah. kids today, they recognize Godzilla, but they don't know why he's Godzilla. They don't right. know what the story is behind it. Uh, and and some of these other creatures forget it. I mean, reading this list, there's so many creatures that even I haven't heard of.
3: Right, right. And this God- Godzilla, you know, they remade uh, Godzilla, mm-hmm. you know, the American version I was terrible i was not fond of that godzilla has to be a man in a rubber suit it just it has to
2: be that way <laughs> it, well i mean part of the appeal of these films is to sit there and laugh at them and to say oh look i can see the string or <laughs> right. you know "Oh, i can see the zipper I think the last the, the, the last great film appearance for Godzilla as We Know Him and Love Him was in the film One Crazy Summer when Bobcat Goldthwait was yeah. stuck in the gorilla <laughs> suit. He was like, Sorry, let me out of this thing. Yeah. And he he ends up trampling the guy's model of the uh, home developments that he's building. So. Beckerstead Estates. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. awesome. I remember that. Yeah. Never, ever, 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 ever touch my car. <laughs> okay. But, uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's the, the Godzilla we like to remember him that type of format, and to, to digitize and to pixelate and to put these CGI versions of these monsters on the screen, it it yeah. doesn't have that effect.
3: Right, and definitely. Uh, and t- uh, it's, it's good uh, to look to independent film because a lot of uh, independent filmmakers who were fans of this stuff growing up are recreating it on their own and, and doing their own sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, I've seen some trailers and whatnot for, for new films, but it's not Hollywood stuff. It's uh, sort of removed from that.
1: Well, Hollywood is bringing a lot of these old films back, mm-hmm. you know, redoing them. With um, the Omen now, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. even King Kong,
2: they redid right, that. Right, right. Peter and, Jackson,
1: yeah. You know, th- I've heard say that they're going to be doing actually a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Now, what they choose to do, you know, may be a different story versus what we would select, you know. Mm-hmm. How do you redo a classic, say, like Forbidden Planet or, or something like that? You know, well, a redo Creature from the Black Lagoon.
2: Because they look at the original film and they say, wow, we're so much more technologically advanced than they were then and but we can make it look those, so much better.
1: But both of those films had nothing to do with the technology, like The Day the Earth Stood Still. Uh, there's one that has very little special effects. It was more the story of what was exactly. going on. And, right. and,
2: and not only that, but the if the technology is used to you know, recreate that film and try to improve on that film, it's kind of exactly what films like that are talking about. You know, it's, it's kind of talking about the technology overtaking the humanity. Mm. And and that's just, I mean, sometimes I might read a little bit too much into these, uh, but I do see a lot of them as, as parables to what goes on with humankind. Mm. Uh, but I think in terms of recreating a lot of these movies and remaking them, I know Peter Jackson was very dedicated to remaking King Kong uh, as close to the original as he could, and just with a fresh eye. Um, but at the same time, I know that in the back of his mind, he was thinking, I have the ability to make it so much better. Right. I have the ability to improve what it is that people are seeing. I mean, does it make people more likely to watch them because it's a seamless transition, because it looks like a real creature? Does that make people believe it more? I'm not going to believe a story about a giant ape, whether it's a guy in a suit or whether it's a CGI creation. Right.
1: What about the remake of War of the Worlds?
2: I didn't even watch it. Uh, oh, yeah. you didn't miss much. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even watch it, and and there's a lot of films like that that I've I've shied away from watching the remakes of because
3: Some remakes, uh, you know, it's a, it's weird. It's like you know why remake something that was already good. I can see maybe a different interpretation or uh, remaking something that wasn't maybe so great the first time. You
1: know, well, what, the, what about the remake of Psycho? Yeah, what they did
5: it shop
3: shop first for
1: shot
5: for
2: shot. That, that was, was just why? that I I <laughs> consider that just to be Gus Van Sant's like Vanity Project. I'm Gus Van Sant. I can do this, so I'm going to.
3: But on the other hand, the thing, John Carpenter's The Thing was a remake. It was a remake, Yeah. yeah, and it was excellent. It was superior, I think, to the original. I mean, sometimes it happens where the remake it might
2: be better. And there are the, <laughs> the rare instances, too, where the sequels actually can surpass oh, yeah. the originals. Uh, one in particular is actually Return of the Killer Tomatoes being far <laughs> superior to Attack of <laughs> the Killer Tomatoes.
3: And many would say The Bride of Frankenstein is superior to Frankenstein. Oh,
2: absolutely. You, I mean, and most people do okay. feel that way. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of that is these movies were so new back then. I mean, they had horror films before, but to be able to put on the production values that they could in the 30s, that I think that these sequels that came along were just they were learning the craft better as they went along and then of course things got oversaturated in the 40s because you know they were highly marketable and you had to fill the theater on a a saturday afternoon so who knows i mean who knows where this is gonna where this is gonna lead speaking
3: of theaters I, i i was gonna comment too. Something else that has sort of disappeared—the local movie theater and uh, the showing of uh, the old monster movies and horror movies during the afternoon—and having like people dressed up walking down the aisles and all this stuff—you don't see that anymore either.
2: Unfortunately, because those theaters uh, disappeared. I mean, yeah. I remember a couple of years ago going to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show at Cinema One Hundred and Forty. Oh
4: yeah, yeah. But <laughs>
2: now it's like so hard to get a theater to take the risk of of doing something like that. And when I say risk, I don't mean. The danger of bringing in the Rocky Horror crowd, or having, you know, people out at midnight being in your theater. I mean, just taking a chance that it's not one of these blockbuster, yeah. you know, grossing films that are out right now. It's you might only get forty or fifty people that show up, but those are forty or fifty people that will show up every week to a showing of that film.
3: Yeah,
2: definitely, sure. So, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe there's a theater out there listening, and they they want to try to bring it back. I know there is a big increase in. Those smaller theaters, uh, what's the one in, in the, uh, the, is it the Avon in Providence? Yeah,
3: the Avon, the cable car.
2: And, and I, somebody's doing something with the Buzzards Bay Theater as well, uh, where they I think they want to start doing a similar type thing. But, you know, the problem is these strip mall theaters are overtaking things, and, and they just want... Uh, it, it, it pains me because I go to see movies myself uh, on the rare chance that I get the opportunity at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm the only one in the theater right. when they could fill that with, with something else. Sure,
3: definitely.
2: We are coming up on the very end of the show here. We'd like to thank Penny and Danielle for joining us tonight. Thank you very much. It's been a excellent experience. And, of course, we, we sent out a big thank you to Ernie Bach Jr. in the exclusive interview with Spooky South Coast about the return next Saturday of Creature Double Feature. And don't forget, next Saturday we will have Renee Smith and Keith Johnson, the resident angelologist and demonologist of TAPS. We are going to talk about the similarities between angels and demons, the differences between them, some things that you may not have heard elsewhere because we are not bound by the borders of religion or religious belief. so we can get into all that stuff. So until then, we want you all to stay spooktacular, everybody.
0: The supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.